Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, Networld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled, The Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for his generational blessing. We left off yesterday talking about the third essential for the Family Bible Revolution being anointed and appointed, and we're going to continue with that today because those who have been given the responsibility and the authority for managing family worship have also been anointed and appointed for the job. We left off yesterday defining the word calling where we read in Matthew twenty-two fourteen, for many are called, but few chosen. We found out a good definition of called is invited. For many are invited, but few chosen. For you see this invitation, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, and not many noble are invited. We were also reading a blog series by Shaq Hill, who is running for state senator in Virginia. Remember, he and his wife had only one child by birth, but 46 foster children and four adopted children. We read parts one and two of his blog, and right now I'd like to read part three, talking about government takeover of fatherhood. He says, The 20th century witnessed the outsourcing of fatherhood. In the 1930s, with Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal, the father's role as provider was seriously questioned for the first time. In fact, you might say there was a government takeover of fatherhood. And the years of legislation that followed have only confirmed this. For instance, in the late 60s, Senator Ted Kennedy authored a bill that President Johnson signed that gave benefits to unwed mothers. In an effort to somehow be compassionate, babies born out of wedlock would be viewed as a means to qualify for government handouts. There was essentially only one requirement, that the father not live with the mother. Of course, this law isn't remembered by too many people because what was happening in society was much more apparent. By the 1960s, the connection between love and marital relations was seriously questioned in America for the first time. And as a consequence, the link between love, marital relations, and children was broken. The sexual revolution was a revolution in the most dramatic sense. It was a rejection of Christian morality of an entire way of life. It was a revolution. And like all revolutions, there were casualties. Motherhood was wounded, fatherhood was all but destroyed, and the child's rights all but ignored. By the time of the 1970s, even the father's biological role was questioned. From a political perspective, the best example is the Roe versus Wade decision. As all of you know, that was the decision that made abortion legal in America. In the Roe v. Wade decision, 
Justice Harry Blackman delivered the opinion of the court. If you're lucky enough to have never read it, let me fill you in. Blackman's opinion was over 15,000 words long. That's about five college term papers in length. As you can imagine, Blackman talks about lots of things in that decision. He talks about alleged history of abortion back to Greek times. He cites some erroneous medical facts. He wanders into areas of sociology and psychology. He makes some truly bizarre comments about ancient religions. Remember, the point of the case was to determine when and how life begins. Remember that fact when I make this next statement. In that entire 15,000-word decision, a decision that is supported to determine when and how human life begins, the concept of fatherhood is almost completely ignored. He mentions the word father twice. He says that the Greeks had a notion of a father's rights regarding his child, and he mentions that Hippocrates was the father of medicine. As far as mentioning fathers or fatherhood, that's it. Almost. Mr. Blackman does mention father's rights in another place. It appears in a footnote. In fact, it appears in footnote number 67, which is the final footnote in his decision. He writes, Neither in this opinion nor in Doe versus Bolton do we discuss the father's rights, if any exist, in the constitutional context in the abortion decision. My friends, that's where our society is right now. Fatherhood is a footnote. Rather than recognizing that fatherhood is instrumental in the very transmission of life, fatherhood is the final footnote. And all we have to do is look at where we are today. The family structure is disintegrating, the very definition of marriage is questioned, and the erosion of values continues. Now, let's continue in our definition of the three words, calling, appointed, and anointed. And just as a reminder, yes, the word calling really meant an invitation. What about the word appointed? In John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. The sense of the word appointed is to be given a duty. I chose you and have given you a duty that you should go forth and bear fruit. And finally, the third word I want to define is anointed. And we find that in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And 1 John 2.27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. The depth of this word anointed means to furnish with the necessary powers to administer the gift. I would call it the power of enablement. Ephesians 6, 4 says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Yes, fathers are called, appointed, and anointed. However, they obviously have a choice in the matter. And because God gives us choice, we do not have to answer that calling. We do not have to accept that appointment. We do not have to receive the anointing. But what should we do? Well, we should answer the call, that invitation. We should accept the appointment, that duty. 
and we should receive the anointing, that power to fulfill the duty we've been invited to do. And then we should go into all the world, but first to our children. Remember Ephesians 6, 4, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Well, what could possibly stop this? Matthew thirteen fifty eight says, Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You see, unbelievers will not inherit the promises of God. Unbelievers will not walk in the power of his anointing. We must have faith. Faith in what? Faith in the call, faith in the appointing, faith in the anointing, and faith in the enablement. Like Mary said in Luke one thirty eight, be it unto me. Let me read you that. It says, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That's the attitude we need to have as fathers and men of God. You see, by faith, we can overcome the world. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It's the only way to please God. We find that in Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hey, dad, mom, grandparent, foster parent, guardian, and master of the house, you can do this. It's simple. Remember the six steps of how to have family worship? This will change the world. Step one, open the Bible. Step two, read it to the family. Step three, discuss it for how it should change your thinking and living. Step four, pray for one another, the saints and the lost. Step five, do it at the beginning and the end of the day. And step six, now you're trained, go do it. I call it the family Bible revolution. You see, God is calling. Answer the call. Answer that invitation. Accept the appointment. Accept that duty you've been given. Receive the anointing. Receive the power to do the job God has called you to do. You see, we can do this. We can do this in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a revolution of fatherhood. Let's again review the five essentials for the family Bible revolution. First, Family worship is the focus of God's word being presented and discussed in the household on a regular basis. And we have our six-point card to help us with that. It's simple. Second, authority establishes responsibility, respect, and honor. Who was it that's been given the authority? Well, first it's the father, then the mother, and then any other guardian or master of the house. Third, appointed and anointed speaks of calling, gifting, and the God-given ability to fulfill that call. And we just went over that thoroughly. Yes, you have been anointed, and you have been appointed. And fourth, generational, speaks of the strength and energy of the young and the wisdom and the fortitude of the old together. And finally, church worship speaks of the importance of the Sabbath and our gathering unto him in the beauty of holiness. When we talked about family worship, we discussed it was to be in the house morning and evening, and we'd be teaching and speaking about prayer, worship, the Word, the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the prophetic, of course, the gospel and the Word of faith. And then when we talked about authority, we talked about the authority in heaven is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
And then on earth, there's civic authority or civil authority, which has to do with the corporate world. Then there's domestic authority, which has to do with the house and the person given the authority being the husband or the father first, the wife and the mother, or any master of the house who could be a single person, a grandparent, an adoptive parent, a foster parent, or even a guardian. And when we talked about appointed and anointed, we discussed the positions of king, prince, priest, prophet, and father, and then wife and mother and master of the house. Beginning tomorrow, we'll start on generational. We'll see the importance of all ages together. Our family, our children, siblings, young adults, singles, grandparents, and how mentoring and modeling works best when everybody is together as family, living life day in and day out, facing difficult situations, watching the master of the house and how they follow God's word for guidance, strength, and victory. We're completely out of time, so I look forward to being with you in my next netcast. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in as we continue in establishing the Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for His generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.